Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Inside the Archives podcast. I'm your host, Marty Rosenbaum, XRT's digital content producer and social media guy. Record stores hold a special place for us here at XRT, providing a physical outlet to celebrate music. They're also pillars of the community, binding all walks of life together by the love of one common denominator, music. When the list of releases for Record Store Day were announced earlier this week, it was only natural for us to record a podcast dedicated to our favorite day of the year. And who better to speak with about it than Ryan Arnold? I spoke with him as a certified vinyl junkie and someone who treats Record Store Day like it's Christmas about this year's releases, his Record Store Day rituals, vinyl culture, why vinyl has seen such a resurgence in the past few years, and much more. Additionally, we'll also cover the latest music news, including an opinion piece I wrote last week on the use of cell phones at concerts. This was stemmed from Jason Isbell's two fantastic shows at the Tivoli Theater in Downers Grove, where it was Isbell, an acoustic guitar, and a room full of people. A beautiful setting like that that was prohibited by the use of cell phones made an evening that much more memorable. So we'll talk about that. Also news surrounding the Cranberries, Jack White. And what's happening here at XRT, including a few intimate concerts we have planned coming up over the next few weeks. So in the meantime, let's chat records with Ryan Arnold. Right now, we are joined by Ryan Arnold, XRT's nighttime DJ, host of New Noise at Nine, and resident vinyl connoisseur. Ryan, welcome. Thanks for having me, Marty. So, earlier on this week, Record Store Day A is celebrating their 10th anniversary this year, which is kind of hard to believe. It still seems like a new event, but they announced a lineup of releases, and I thought, who better to bring on the show than Ryan Arnold to talk about all things Record Store Day, vinyl culture, and everything else that goes into this day. So... Ryan, how, how long have you been doing Record Store Day for? I'd say the last five or so years, maybe six years. Um, yeah, it kind of became a an April tradition. It uh, is April 21st this year, and for music fans, it's almost like opening day is for baseball fans because it's, introdu- it's, it's a reintroduction to a lot of great music. You have a compilation of special releases, bands releasing new material, material that has rarely been out before and it marks the entryway into the summer concert season for a lot of bands to help hype that promotion as well so you've been doing this for several years now what what does this day mean to you a lot of what you just said it's kind of the reintroduction to music that maybe we haven't heard in a while Um, we've seen a lot of reissues or repressings remastering of you know albums that are 40 50 years old and you know, sometimes they're albums that have been out for a while, you know, or rather they're in wide circulation, but there's so many of them and they're so popular that you'd be hard pressed to find like a really good quality 
uh, pressing of, I'm just making this up, but like Zeppelin one, I mean, right. there are whatever, 10 million of them in, in circulation. So to be able to have something that's either been remastered or repressed, or it's really cool to have like this, this is how people, you know, in 1969 first experienced this record. And now I get to as well. Uh, but what else it means to me, it's just, it's a celebration of, of, of just kind of things, you know, gone by. I think it's something cool that you touched on how, a lot of Record Store Day is a celebration of what's old is new again. And especially in the past few years with vinyl making a resurgence, sales have continued to rise over the past several years. It does add on to that excitement of, hey, we get to experience this album all over again. And a lot of old favorites can be turned on to newer generation and newer fans as well. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. And it's a different kind of listening as well. And, you know, as a DJ on the radio you know, we get kind of ribbed sometimes. Oh, it must be nice to sit in a room for four hours and listen to music. And it's not what we do. You know, speaking for me personally, I listen differently to music when I'm on the air. And keep in mind, I'm on the air 20, 25 hours a week. I'm not listening for the art that's behind uh, the composition. I'm not listening. I'm listening to, you know, how's it going to sound next to two songs or between two songs, you know, that's, I'm listening to make the best radio that I can. So think of it like passive listening and the opportunity uh, to, to really dig into this piece of recorded art. You know, I savor every opportunity I have because sometimes they're few and far between given the time of year. Record Store Day is one of those sacred, like I'm going to buy a, 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 a release either it's brand new or maybe it's just new to me it's something that's you know someone has turned me on to find this if you can uh and i'm going to be able to experience the whole thing from putting the disc on my deck to um you know looking at the artwork reading the booklet and the liner notes and actually actively listen to this piece of music right and there's so much interaction that goes on with the record and this day is definitely a celebration of that from physically holding on to the record reading the liner notes and a lot of these releases have really cool additional features that come along with it photography books um stickers you know other other little trinkets that you aren't going to normally get when you walk into a record store and pick up an album so since you've been doing this for a couple of years now and I've seen the interaction that we have on XRT's website and social media pages grow with Record Store Day. It's become an annual event for people. How have you seen that play out in record stores? It's pretty cool. There are definitely people that I see once a year on Record Store Day. It's true. Really? It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I don't, <laughs> I don't get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and go, you know, you know camp outside Val's Halla or uh, the old school records in Forest Park, but there are people who do, and I'll kind of get there at really the same time every year, and it's like, hey, it's that guy, <laughs> you know, it's 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 uh, you know, it's it's giant coffee guy, right? You know, it's it's the dude who's got the funky hat, um, you know, it's it's cool to see those people. I don't want to say it's like a Grateful Dead concert where you're like, <laughs> hey, I saw you last year, I saw you at the Cleveland show, yeah. Uh, but no, you see, you do see a lot of, uh, kind of familiar faces. That's like, why do I only see you on record store day? What else do you do outside of this day? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, um, you were asking kind of, you know, what does the whole day mean to me? It's not only about records. It's, 
in celebrating, uh, you know, vinyl. It's it's local. All these record stores that either formally or informally participate in Record Store Day, they're all local. They're independent. They're family-owned, mom and pop. So to be able to walk in and say, I've been saving up, really, and this is me talking, from like, you know, Christmas to now, to drop money, I'm, I'm putting that into into some guy's store, you know, and that guy's got his kid's college education wrapped up in the success of his business. It's like, that's, that's another part of it, man. Yeah. And that's really cool too, because not only are you purchasing a vinyl, which is now an old school way of listening to music, but it's taking back to that whole, you know, kind of an old school approach to business where you do save up that money, you know, whether it's in a shoebox in a piggy bank, nowadays it's on your phone, uh, where you can check your bank account, but you're saving up towards something you're walking into a place where you have a direct relationship with the business owner. Right. And you may not know him, but by the end of your trip there, you know, you guys are going to be close friends and you're physically purchasing, you know, a piece of art, something that you're going to carry with you for a long time. And it's really, really cool to see that interaction whenever you walk into a record store day, record store, but on record store day itself, it plays out on a much larger scale. You know, there's a joke that, um, Someone was asking, like, "Oh, do you, you know, what do you most look forward to record store day?" And you know, do you do you wait, like, you know, how are they put it? And my response was, you know, record store day for a lot of us is any day that ends in Y. We don't need an excuse to go um, and hang out at these at these shops. And you're right when you say you you kind of get to know some of these owners um, or people that work at these shops. And it's true mm-hmm. to be able to walk in and say, "What are you into?" that, you know, you just got in, what are you listening to right now? Um, I have a, a, a kind of a, a circuit, if you will, um, of three or four record stores that I visit fairly regularly just because geographically they're very convenient to me. Um, but I've have relationships with a couple of these record stores that will call me, Hey, we've got a new, whatever, you know, a clash bootleg from 1984 yeah. came in, you know, okay, cool. Thanks. Cause yeah. I'm stupid for the clash. And uh, but th- th- you're not going to get that anywhere else. Right. And I remember seeing that play out firsthand last year for Record Store Day in 2017. You and I took a trip to Val's Hall Records. And I have never met Val before that point. But you and her <laughs> are clearly lifelong friends. And she certainly has her own personality. And it, it was such a cool experience because I remember as we were wrapping the interview up, I was putting all my camera equipment away. And Val goes, like, what, kind of, what kind of music do you like? What do you want to listen to? And uh, at the time, I had just listened to Fleetwood Mac's, uh, their earlier blues works. I say, you know, Peter Green era Fleetwood Mac. She says, oh, come with me. Come with me. And pulled out like three <laughs> records. I'm like, this is the coolest uh, yeah. thing ever. What the heck? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, you only get that stuff when you're able to deal or interact with, you know, on that kind of organic level. Um, it's not so much about commerce as it is about the love of music. Mm-hmm. It, you know, we talk about being DJs at XRT. If we weren't on the radio, a lot of us would still be doing the same thing, just in a different way. Marty, if you really like the blues era, Peter Green uh, era, Fleetwood Mac, check this out. Yeah, yeah, and it was really cool. You know, the cherry on top was just walking home that day, and you know, having a stack of six records. I think I ended up getting, and uh, putting them on my record player later that night. Yeah. And you know, it's 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 something you carry with you out of the store, and you get reminded of it every single time you put that on. Reminded every single time you put it on, exactly. You know, what was that, a year ago, year, about a year ago, probably this time of year, and you're still talking about it. That's right. it, exactly. Right. Now, Record Store Day itself has evolved over time. One of the things that I like is that they bring in an artist as their ambassador every year. I think in 2018, it's Run the Jewels. Years past, they've had uh, 
St. Vincent, uh, Josh Homme, Homie. Josh Homme. Um, Josh Homme. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always get confused with his name. Um, Jack White, Jack Chuck White D was. from Public Enemy. Mm-hmm. So it, it's gotten that appeal from an artist's perspective that, hey, this is a really cool opportunity for us to showcase our work. From the earlier years of Record Store Day up until now in 2018, have you seen the quality and uniqueness of releases change over that time period where an artist may want to dig up something from their vault, want to do something cool exclusively for Record Store Day as opposed to just say, hey, I want to re-release my first album? I think that the this is my experience, partly based on the music that, I look, that I'm into, um, some of the older artists or, or artists who have records that are 40 or so years old, re-releases are great. Mm-hmm. You know, for what I mentioned earlier, there just aren't a lot of really clean copies of, you know, rumors floating. You can find them, but to be able to get something that's remastered or on 180 gram vinyl, you know, um, but some of the newer ones last year, the war on drugs, their record store day exclusive release was like an 11 and a half minute song, you know, and it was, a, I don't want to say a taste of what's to come, but you know, it was the first new music that we had from the war on drugs since like 2014 or 2015. So, you know, to answer your question, I think the newer bands, they don't really have a back catalog, you know, on which to lean and and to re-release. So, yeah, we'll put something new together. Right. And I think it gives a cool creative outlet for these bands, too, like the War on Drugs, who, as we've seen with their latest album, uh, has totally segued into that perspective where they're jamming out. Mm -hmm. Uh, It can be very instrumental-based, where it may not have fit on some of their previous work, but it was a foreshadowing of what was to come. And I think given the exclusivity of a lot of these releases, that could be a trend we see in the next couple of years. Yeah, agreed. And I'm totally fine with it. It's a great way, you know, like you said, to kind of get a taste of what's to come or the foreshadowing of some new music that uh, that artist is working on. Right. So let's dig it. Let's dig in a little bit to this year's lineup of releases. And I printed out a document for you that has 11 total pages. So there's a lot that we're working with for Record Store Day 2018 earlier on today. Today being March 7th, uh, I posted an article on 93XRT.com with a list to the full Record Store Day listings. You can check that out. But a couple of highlights that I want to read and then get Ryan's take on of his favorites are the Allman Brothers Band releasing Live at the Atlanta Pop Festival from 1970, Arcade Fire releasing their very first ever EP titled EP, Johnny Cash is releasing at Folsom Prison 50th Anniversary Elegacy Edition, Bob Dylan and the Grateful Dead releasing Dylan and the Dead, Grateful Dead releasing Fillmore West, San Francisco, California, 227-1969. The National is releasing their album Boxer in full, live from Brussels. Uh, Pink Floyd is releasing Piper of the Gates of Dawn, the mono version. Police releasing Roxanne. Prince, 1999, U2, Lights of Home. And Wilco, live at the Troubadour from 11-12-1996. So that's just a small list of selections. Small? That you'll be able to find on Record Store Day, but high quality. So, Ryan, I got to ask the obvious question then. What are you looking forward to? Uh, the Jason Isbell and the 400 unit. Uh, it's a live recording at Twist and Shout. Uh, looking forward to that. The Grateful Dead and Bob Dylan. Dylan, the dead. It was one of the first, um, one of the first, I think one of the first dead CDs that I bought yeah. when I first got into it. And there's a version of a tune called Joey, um, which is uh, an old Dylan tune. It's, it's about... Uh, Oh, I can't. It's Crazy Joe. I don't remember the guy's last name, but a mobster in New York, mm-hmm. and just a story about his life and 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 death. Um, 
Yeah, and you got to serve somebody the version that they do on there. And it's just wild to think, like, the Grateful Dead is a backup band. You right. Know? <laughs> it's just pretty wild. It's, right. And, you know, pretty cool. They, they had they had been playing and recording uh, Bob Dylan tunes for years, and now to be able to back them up uh, live was, was pretty cool. Um, so, you know, the Prince 1999, for sure. Uh, First Aid Kid, I, I got into them only about four years ago with the record called The Lion's Roar. And... Uh, that that was one of those records that was like a gut punch. Just what did I hear? I I never, I don't know that I'd ever heard harmonies like that. Um, so they're releasing a song that uh, is on their most you know, recent record, um, but releasing a, a record store day exclusive on that one. Steve Earle and the Dukes live from the Continental Club. I, I don't. I just saw it. I don't know what what like Steve Earle and the Dukes era it is because they've you know reformed or toured again. Mm. But if it's like mid late 80s steve Earle and the dukes like that's gonna be rock i mean that's gonna be rocking that's yeah. literally gonna be like there's no stopping they're gonna start and just plow through and it's that'll be fun you're getting up at 4 a.m for that one i'm not getting up at 4 a.m for that one Marty. <laughs> maybe, maybe not you no so metaphorically we, you. you know there's my dad and i um i can't talk about what records and specifically what what vinyl means to me without talking about my dad and mm. i'm on record as saying my dad is one of the coolest people that i personally know um, and it's true. Like I, I remember being a kid and him showing me, here's how you handle a piece of vinyl. Here's how you queue up a, you know, I remember these things. Right. So it's become a, a, a definitely kind of like a father son tradition for, for the two of us. Um, that being said, he ain't getting up at four o'clock in the morning <laughs> either, <laughs> but no, our tradition started, uh, or includes, you know, we go to Louis grill in forest park. Uh, for breakfast, and uh, it's the same joint you and I went to. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, last spring, and uh, we start at one end of Madison Street and move east. We start at the old school records on Des Plaines. Um, they've been there only, geez, not even six months. They moved uh, from their original location on Madison, but um, yeah, and then hit Oak Park Records, uh, and then Val's Halla. And if we're not totally spent or broke. By that point, we go to a dusty groove. So it literally is just start in Forest Park and move east until you hit Ashland. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I love that blog piece that you wrote. I think it was it may be a couple of years old by this point, but it really shows the connection that this day brings to people and how it can you know unite family members, friends. Yeah. And it's it it, it really is an event as much about the music as it is about the people. You're totally right, and and. To be able to walk into a record store on any day, but specifically this day, and it's full of people and you're standing next to somebody flipping through the, you know, rock section, you know, letter C, and you're waiting to be able to flip through, but you're kind of looking over the shoulder what that guy's looking at. Oh, man, you know, if you've never heard that Credence, you know, record, oh, you've got to have uh, Cosmos Factory or whatever. Mm. Um, it's just a cool interaction. And then to see how the stories or the conversations start and you meet people again that you're never going to see again or maybe not see until the next year. But to just have those organic interactions about music. I mean, come on. Yeah, and it, it it's cool, too, because you're getting people coming out to record shops on Record Store Day that may otherwise not want to take a trip out there. Right. So you have a really interesting blend of people that are at a record store for the very first time, people that have only been a couple of times, and then seasoned veterans you know, like yourself that go pretty much every single week. You don't need an excuse to go to a record store. So it offers that cool blend of community. But at the same time, you know, you yourself, who, is, who has been going to record stores, on record store day for several years now. 
Um, do you think Record Store Day's success comes from getting hardcore vinyl junkies that are willing to pay high prices for really, really rare items? Or is it from the casual fan that's going just to pick up uh, their favorite record, pick up you know Taylor Swift's 1989 because they want to have it on vinyl and vinyl cool vinyl is cool now. My knee jerk response is it's the latter. Mm. You know, for for the reason that I said it, like I, I don't need a, a special reason to go to record store day, and some of the record store day only releases are are cool, and they'd be great to have. But you know. I'm not going to get up at four o'clock in the morning and it's no knock on record store day or it's no knock on, on the quality of the, of, of the releases, uh, the exclusive releases. But, you know, I think it's, it's the latter, it's the casual or, or the, the, the person who's never been before, you know, the success comes from turning people on to vinyl mm-hmm. and it gets people into local independent family owned m- record stores on a day where they're walking into, you know, an experience just, Oh, this is what the buzz is about. This community, this you know, the sound. The I mean, you know it from walking into a record store. There's a smell to it, you know, yeah. crates of vinyl, and and there's a vibe to it. And you get someone to walk in, and that's their their first experience. Well, the likelihood of them coming in on a random Saturday or a random Tuesday is, is much greater. Yeah, exactly. And I I, I think that'll ha- play an impact on how these releases get brought out moving forward. You may not see this super rare stuff, which this year's releases certainly has, but you are going to see those broad spectrum releases that do give that added hype of only being available on record store day or limited edition. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, I think it's great if that's going to turn someone onto vinyl, turn someone into supporting these record stores, go for it. Yes. I second that. <laughs> so, uh, at the same time, and this is purely basing off of your experience, so we're not going to make any factual statements here or any grand proclamations, but some of these releases are incredibly rare. Do you observe consumers being genuine fans of the work when they're in these record stores, or do you see people that you're like, you know, this guy's just looking to snag a rare record and make a few bucks off of it? I think that there's uh, there's a couple of answers to that. The Grateful Dead... Uh, not the Dylan and the Dead, but the live, I think it's a three or four LP. I'm spacing on the date of it, but... Um, February 27, 1969, Fillmore West. Are you serious? Yeah. I swear to God, I think I have that on a cassette. <laughs> I think I have a tape of that show. I definitely have one of the Fillmore shows from 69. Yeah. Well, that, uh, that was released as, like that whole run was released as a box set, I think, 10 yeah, years it ago was, or something. Yeah, it was like Not 800 bucks. You right. had to... Uh, I think it was only available. You had to pre-order it. I think that they were right. Something like ten thousand copies yeah, were available. Yeah. But this is, this is just the one show, not that entire box set. Um, I did ask uh, uh, Peter, who owns uh, the old school records. I'm like, yeah, you think you're gonna get this? And he didn't. Even, he just looked at me like, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, it, I know we're, we're getting off topic yeah, from my original yeah. question, but only only Grateful Dead fans. They'll exactly. have to have that response. Well, for exactly. It, you know? No, no, and it's true. And I think that it does kind of answer your question. And that um, you know, people are are there people that um, go and buy this stuff to sell on eBay? Yeah, and they're they're assholes. I mean, come on, why would you pick that up with the express uh, intent to 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 turn it around and sell it? I mean, that's really crappy. Yeah. Um, you know, if if someone's like you're saying the Taylor Swift 1989, yeah, someone's going to buy that because they're a hardcore fan. I'm not looking to get it to add to my collection just to have. 
Right, right. And I think, yeah, I mean, there are there are certain artists where, you know, like the Grateful Dead has such a dedicated fan base, no pun intended, but they have such a dedicated fan base that any type of release is automatically going to be snatched up. And I didn't get the figure count that they're releasing for the Fillmore West record, but most of these record sort of day releases, they're only you know, issuing less than 5,000 copies. So it's going to be a hot item to purchase regardless. And uh, sorry, go ahead. I'm just wondering how many of those are going to make their way to Chicago. Because, you know, you can put in, that, that's going to be one of those records that every record store is going to say, I want that. But right. they're not going to know if they get it until a couple of days before record store day. You know, I just wonder how many, it's how, how many are going to make their way to Chicago. Right. I mean, there point. could be some stores that have 10 copies. Some stores may only have one copy. Right. Now, knowing as many record store owners and staff members that you do, how does that process work? Do they know what records they're getting in advance? So if you called them up a week before record store day and say, hey, what do you guys have in stock? They'll be able to tell you, or does this leave it a surprise for record store owners? The way it's been explained to me is um, it's a surprise. There's you know a wish list, quote unquote, that you know they place their orders and they'll get crates you know, get their, their their cases a few only a few days before, and that's when they know what they get. So, record store owners can, you know, merchandise and tag them and and whatnot. I do know a lot of record store owners, and I never have been tipped off to what's coming ever. It's a tight lift secret. It is, and it should be. You know, it sh- it should be, and nobody's. You know, I can only speak for me personally. I mean, I've I've. I've never asked, honestly. I've never, mm-hmm. hey, can you tell me what's going on? But I've had record store owners say like, and don't even ask because I'm not even going to tell you. <laughs> well, you know what's cool about that is this brings me back to my earlier question about getting people who are in there just to make a buck off of a rare release. That seems like a good way to combat it. You're absolutely right. Oh, I know that this record store is going to, you know, has 10 copies of that Grateful Dead or they've got the reissue of Courtney Barnett's, you know, debut, her EP. You know what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. All right, right. And, uh, you know, as as a record store owner, how how do they view this day? Obviously, it's great for business. You're getting a lot of people coming in, shopping your stop. Even if you aren't getting anyone coming in and purchasing anything, they'll still walk out knowing what a cool experience it was and knowing that, hey, this place exists. How does that carry through for the rest of the year? You know, I, I wish that I owned a record store, well, for a lot of reasons. I wish I owned a record store so that I could answer that question. I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think it's different because you have... You have more established stores, you know, like a Reckless. It's been around and they have several locations. You know, I'm sure this day impacts them differently than it would, you know, Oak Park Records or Val's. Um, you know, it's just, it's a different kind of thing. But regardless what you what you said about it brings, you know, it's an experience or first time, you know, impression that brings people back throughout the year. I think that's common through any record store. Mm. Yeah, and I think the cool part about this too is you supplement the celebration of music. A lot of stores will offer in-store performances too. Um, so you could walk in and you get tipped off to a fantastic musician that you didn't even know existed beforehand. Yeah. Um, and these types of things happen all the time. It's not like a one-time occurrence where record stores are bringing in artists. You know, it's, it's, some places it's pretty frequently. Yeah. Uh, the the and I'm thinking about Val's Halla again, you know, she, she at this point has someone curate a day of music and there might be five, six, seven bands. And she's, uh, uh, she's fortunate enough that Val's Halla has the space for it. They have, a, they really do have a stage in the front window. 
Um, smaller record stores, you know, don't have that luxury. Uh, and it's important to, to, to note that not every record store participates in quote-unquote record store day, where they will uh, receive and have available record store day only exclusives. That being said, every record store, I'm sure, will have something going on, whether it's an official record store day thing or not. They're going to have things like, you know, great deals on you know, use pieces of vinyl. And I do want to mention, like, that is my favorite part of Record Store Day. You know, I mentioned earlier, like, saving up a bunch of dough from Christmas until, you know, uh, April 20th, the day before Record Store Day. Well, people are bringing in parts of their collection. They're bringing in pieces of vinyl to sell. Yeah. You know, because they're saving up for it, too. So to walk in, the, you know, that week or the weekend before and see all this stuff that other people have come in and sold or traded... I mean, man, you can build your collection with some staples pretty easily to, you know, just because of that, because there's more product, more inventory there. Right. I'm amazed you can hit so many stores. I would totally get lost in a flea market setting Mm. like that and walk in at 9 a.m. and be like, how did it get to be 4 p.m. already? Well, there is that. (laughs) Um, Well, I'm happy to tell you what my my process is. Yeah, well, let's go through that. And then... uh, you know, I, I want you to give some tips too for people that are listening that are on the edge about going to record store day. You know, just just some stuff to take them through the day. So, you know, let it, let us know what your process is, and then tips that you can offer people participating so, in record store day for the first time. So, the first is just a tip that's kind of anytime you go to a record store, and that's have a list. And I do have a running list of stuff that I'm looking for. Um, if it's building out. You know, Almond Brothers. That's a. I don't have a lot of Almond Brothers on vinyl. I have, you know, and I want to build that out. So I kind of have this running list of Almond Brothers band uh, records that I'm looking for. Um, have a list of what you're looking for and go in and and kind of stick to that list. Uh, it's it is really easy to be overwhelmed by you know fifteen thousand pieces of vinyl in like a section. You know, so kind of have an idea of what you're looking for. The other thing specific to Record Store Day. Just know you're not going to get or see everything that you're looking for. And, and don't be bummed about it. Like, just go with the expectation that, like, I'm here. It's not just about picking up a piece of vinyl or picking up a couple of records. It's about the whole experience of the day. Uh, and just kind of go with that expectation in mind. Just enjoy it. What happens, happens. Right. Uh, but those are my two. Have a list and go in totally whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Going with that mentality. Yeah. And that's always a great joy of shopping at a record store. You'll walk out with music you are unsure of, maybe picked up for a couple bucks that you got in a recommendation, maybe just liked the album art, but that's half the fun. You're, You're right. not going to go home and like it all the time, but you know what? It's 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 an experiment worth participating in. You're totally right. And I, I guess, the, you know, I'll add to the, add to the you know, list is, is ask what are you into? You know, ask the record store, you know, you see somebody flipping through, oh, that's a Rolling Stones record that I, I don't know about. I never had. Um, another vinyl junkie just walked by and Marty Leonard <laughs> looked and wondered what we were doing. Um, no, ask, what are you into? What have you heard? Oh, I, you know, I'm not, I've never heard that Stones record before. What is it? Or I've never heard that artist from, you know, the UK. Who are they? that's a great way to pick things up too. But you're right. You'll pick some stuff up for a couple of bucks and be like, that was a total miss. The coolest part is you can pay it forward. Right. You can say, you know, it wasn't my bag, but here you go. Right. 
Give exactly. it to a friend. So let's let's take a step back from Record Store Day and look at and look at vinyl culture and touching on something that you just mentioned that you can just ask people. I think unfairly record stores can get the stereotype of the employees being holier than thou when it comes to the music selection, that they know so much that it can be so intimidating for someone to come in and ask what they think is a very basic question. But what what would you say to people to help massage those fears? No ask, no get. You know, when you go into a record store, again, go in with just kind of the whatever happens, happens. Ask somebody. And if they're kind of a, they're a jerk to you, well, they're a jerk. You know, fine. Then, go, you know, go somewhere else or ask or ask somebody else. Right. It's any, like anywhere in the world. Yeah, you know? that's it exactly. But by the same token, there aren't a whole lot of record stores around. And keep in mind, these are these are businesses and they're small businesses and they're not idiots. The owners are in business. They know they want to keep you know, customers, uh, happy, help them out. If they're, you know, if, if one particular record store doesn't have what they're looking for, it's, they'll help them find something that might satisfy that itch that they're going for. You know, uh, they don't have, you know, whatever this particular John Coltrane record, but, oh, you might want to check out Charlie Parker, you know, something right, like that. Right. Um, yeah, that's just, I think that the, you know, the film high fidelity is great, but I, my experience is, the Jack Black character, you know, Barry. Yep. F- that's not the norm. Few and far between. Yeah. You know, versus, uh, you know, there's a guy at Valhalla that, hey, I'm looking for this. And he loves the question. Yeah. And his eyes get, oh, I, I, yes, we have this. And you, ha-, you know what I mean? And yeah. this is just that genuine, let me tell you more. Well, and that's such a cool part about a lot of record stores is, these, you know, record store owners, people that work at the shop, take it as a almost a challenge to be like, all right, how can yeah. I find this person the yeah. coolest material? So they're going to walk home, you know, they're going to go home, listen to it, and be totally blown away. Right. Come back next week and be like, man, that was awesome. Right. Yeah. So, seeing that vinyl has gotten so popular in the past couple of years, I mean, sales have been continuing to increase over the past decade. What do you think it is about vinyl culture that draws people in? Is that it is a community. You know, we are a community. Um, we talked about Record Store Day just kind of being this introduction, which is a springboard. It's not just a, a springboard into, like, the vinyl culture, but, you know, there are people who are really into high-end audio. Um, there are people who are really into, um, you know, source materials, things like that, Um basically meaning like uh, uh, you get kicked off into or get hip to uh, um, reel to reel, mm-hmm. you know, being able to find recordings of something on, you know, on reels. And, and that, that's a whole other culture too. Um, I, I'm not an audiophile in that I can tell the difference between um, a rig that's been set up with gold tip banana plug, you know, and I'm not. <laughs> right. Um, but I know what, what sounds good to me. Yeah, you know, yeah. But just being introduced to other communities by way of um by way of, you know, record stores. Yeah, and that's that's a great way to put it too because once you fall into the vinyl rabbit hole, it's such an exciting adventure because you're continually linked and put on to new things. So, you're not entering a hobby where it's so linear where it's, you know, here's point A, here's point B, here's point C. Right. You don't know where it's going to take you. Right. And it's exciting. Yeah. The um you know the community part. That something that I I did. I try. I tried to get into the audiophile community, but um, I one don't have the money. <laughs> Two, you know, I don't have the. 
I guess I don't have the need. You know, people talk about speakers. Oh, you can spend, you can spend whatever you want to spend on anything, but you know, audio gear is, geez, I mean, it's nuts. There's this, um, it's called Expona. It's the, uh, audio exhibition of North America. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's the same weekend as record store day this year, but it was last year. And this is the place where it's like, here's the $400,000, you know, setup, and you sit down and you listen to like a classical piece or whatever they're playing. And you swear to God, you're sitting at, you know, the CSO, right? It's, it's, it's tremendous, but you're also like, I wouldn't, you know, it's just not feasible for me. But, um, what is, what did become feasible for me were headphones, you know, the, just to be able to listen to, you know, through a good set of headphones, you know, you can hear music like you've never heard it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's an example of how, you know, I, I found that through through record stores. You know, I found that through being able to to say, wow, oh, this sounds really good. Oh, you should try hearing it through this or, you know, try these headphones. And this is difference between closed back and this is a difference between right. reference. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but yeah, that's just an example of how you don't know where the one community is going to is going to lead you. Yeah. And it's not always trying to find the biggest thing. You're not trying to find that biggest sound, the most explosive experience. You want something that sounds great, that's quality. And if you're taking like, you know, like Jason Isbell, who just did two nights at the Tivoli and Downers Grove, it was just him and an acoustic guitar. It's, there's so many recordings out there like that, that you don't want something to blow your mind or to make you fling back from your chair the second you hit play. You want something that's going to be crisp, clean, and make you feel like, all right, I stepped in the room with this artist and we're listening to their music. One of my favorite things about Record Store Day is that you see a lot of live recordings. You know, you mentioned Jason Isbell playing a solo, you know, two solo shows at the Tivoli. I mean, interacting with XRT listeners after those shows, I mean, man, it was, people were crying, you Mm -hmm. know, it was, it was, which is not uh, surprising. I mean, Jason Isbell's a masterful guitar. He's a great storyteller. Mm -hmm. You know, you want to talk about being like in, in an intimate setting like it's like you're on stage with the guy so being able to hear live recordings of some of these bands especially the bands we'll never get to see we'll never get a chance to see you know certainly the grateful dead but like uh, the uh didn't fleetwood mac I, I don't know they had a live one they had a live recording i, I don't know i might be wrong on that but like a uh, fleetwood mac is an example like we're never going to hear you know that late 70s fleetwood mac sound again right you know and here it is in pristine now, here's a hot take that's going to okay. completely contradict what you just said. I'm not a fan of live recordings on vinyl. Okay. Not for, I, I appreciate the rarity and the fact that you can capture this really unique moment in a band's history, I think is cool. I'm just not a fan of having to get up, turn the record over, and go back and, you know, 25, 30 minutes later, having to repeat the whole thing. If I'm, if I'm listening to a live recording, I want to get lost in its entirety sit back, not have to get up. Because every every time, I, I have a couple of live albums and it's going great, then you hear the scratch, you know, record's over, flip me over. And it takes a little while to get back into the groove of things. Like I said, the recordings are great. I think it's really cool that it captures that era of a band. But just getting the overall flow of a live show, that doesn't do it for me. Then you, my friend, need a second turntable. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like Almond Brothers, um, I think it's Eat a Peach. If you look at side, if you look, pick up the first record, side one, flip it over, it's side four. Mm. Second record, side two, other side is side, um, or pardon me, it's it's one and three, 
two and four. Two and four. So that you can literally go from one record to the next seamlessly. See, this is why you're here, to educate me. I'm, I'm a young, naive millennial that deserves to be yelled at. So you have not, at it. <laughs> no, you do not deserve to be yelled at. Stop that. Uh, no, you're, you're, you're getting into it, and, and that's the coolest part. You're getting into it, man. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is such a cool way to you know, experience music. And, and, and the live stuff, I, personally, I enjoy live material and studio material. I think it brings the most out of musicians. Um, so I will have to look into getting a second turntable, because as of right now, I just have one. And, you know, a lot of times I'm cooking dinner, put on a record, and here it's stop, and it's like, ah, oh, it's just getting yeah. into it. And I don't know how feasible it is to have two decks, you know, hooked. I mean, I don't have two decks either. It's it's just not not yeah. feasible nor necessary. Um, totally want to nerd out, though. It's totally, it's appropriate. I, it, yeah, it totally is. <laughs> I'm telling you, though, if you li- live in an apartment, I do. Mm. Um, I have some great speakers. I, I'm never going to crank them, you know, but... Spending some money on headphones, yeah, that's you should consider that. No, I'm I'm in I'm in the same thing where I'm right smack dab in the middle between you know live, two people live on the other side of me, so I can't crank up speakers. I can't cr- crank up speakers loud, right? So a great pair of headphones makes a world of di- world of difference. And I think the cool part about that too is you can just sit there and it, it's it's right up against you. You're not having to fill the entire room because everyone's room is laid out differently. You mm-hmm. could have a ten thousand dollar pair of speakers that. Sounds great when you're at the audio shop, but you take it home and you have a big, expansive living room. You're like, wait a minute, this doesn't sound like it did at the store. Right. No, everything you said is is right. And that's, I mean, what a bummer to be like, I've dropped, you know, 1200 bucks on a pair of speakers and go, wow, these, you know, these sound awful. Yeah. <laughs> Such a defeating feeling. It is. Well, Record Store Day coming up about six weeks from today. We will have plenty of coverage. I know Ryan already talks about it on his own. It's great. I don't even have to ask him to do anything. I wake up in the morning and say, oh, look, Ryan talked about Record Store Day. Fantastic. Uh, so if you haven't followed Ryan on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, give, you're Ryan Arnold Rocks on Twitter and Instagram, right? And Facebook. And yeah. Facebook. All three. Keeps it consistent. So give him a follow for all things Record Store Day and all things vinyl. It's a great source throughout the entire year. If you want to get plugged into that world, uh, see what's happening, or just get more knowledge about the vinyl scene here in Chicago. He's a great follow, and uh, we'll have some stuff planned up our sleeve for Record Store Day. Not exactly gonna reveal what it is. I don't know if Ryan even knows what it is yet. If I've broke that, broke that news in, but we got to we'll collaborate on. I it. ain't saying nothing. Yeah, tight lip secret seems to be the theme of the show today. Yeah, it, you know the that's something that I think a lot of XRT listeners know and certainly appreciate is with. A lot of the DJs, it's it's record store day is any day that ends in Y. You know, we just celebrate it. We it's a part of our lives. It's a part of our air shifts. You know, when mm-hmm. you when you have something that's only released on a B side of a whatever, well, that'd be that'd be pretty cool to play. Let's let's play that. Yeah, and we still queue up vinyls here at XRT. I mean, we had the all vinyl Saturday a couple weeks ago. We've done it three three times now. Yeah, we've done it a few times, and it's um, it's been uh, Marty Leonard's, Frank E. Lee, and I. And it's no joke. We agonize over it, and and um, our program director Greg Sulk is is definitely the quarterback. And uh, we did something differently last time, which is we did all vi- all, all album sides on vinyl. Which, right. as someone who had to haul like forty five records <laughs> in a milk crate uh, from my house and uh, into the radio station, I really appreciated only having to haul about ten. Yeah, <laughs> certainly makes your job a lot oh, easier. It does. Yeah. Uh, well, Ryan, thanks again for hopping on the podcast today. And uh, like I said earlier, be sure to give him a follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow XRT for that matter so you can find out more information on all things Record Store Day 
and find out more information about Inside the Archives podcast as we continue uh, to go through this endeavor. And Ryan, great speaking with you. Thanks so much for taking time out and looking forward to your Record Store Day material. Thanks. Looking forward to it too, Marty. Thanks again to Ryan Arnold for joining us here on Inside the Archives. It has been a quieter few weeks in the music world, but that doesn't mean that things aren't happening. And we'll continue with our vinyl theme with news about who else than Jack White. He announced he'll be throwing advanced listening parties of his upcoming album, Boarding House Reach, today, well, today if you're listening to this on March 9th, at independent record stores around the globe. The album itself isn't due out until March 23rd, but White wants to get people supporting local business by throwing these listening parties at independent record stores around the world. Aside from hearing the album in advance two weeks before it's released, you'll be able to grab a Jack White button while supplies last and enter to win a Jack White tote bag as well as a single-sided tricolor 7-inch of his new single, Over and Over and Over. The other big news to come out this week comes from the Cranberries, who announced they'll be releasing a new album on top of reissuing their debut album, Everybody else is doing it, so why can't we, in celebration of that album's 25th anniversary? Uh, Dolores O'Riordan's passing did not impede any progress that was going to be made on this record. Apparently, she recorded her vocals for the new album prior to her untimely death earlier this year. The band is hoping that they'll release the new album early in 2019. In the meantime, the reissue of their debut record should come out in 2018. I also wrote a piece on 93XRT.com last week reacting to the no cell phone policy during Jason Isbell shows at the Tivoli Theater. And for me, that setting, it was perfect. The entire show was just Isbell as well as an acoustic guitar. And in my opinion, the bright glare of a cell phone would have totally ruined that environment. In between songs, he told elaborate stories, both serious and joking, man. I mean, he, the guy's a charmer. So it is great to hear him talk in between his songs. But having a glare of a cell phone totally inappropriate in that setting, and I'm really glad that that policy was enacted. However, I don't believe that should be the case at all concerts. There is a time and a place for cell phones at shows, as long as you're not impeding on other concertgoers' enjoyment of the show. By all means, snap a few photos, take a quick video. The price of concert tickets has continued to rise in recent years, and people may no longer be able to attend concerts with the frequency that they did in the past. That makes each concert that much more special, and I have no problem with people grabbing photos to share with their friends, family members, or on social media. I'm going to use a piece of advice an old coworker gave me regarding the use of cell phones at concerts, and really just life in general. Read the room, dude. So, if people around you aren't using their cell phones to take photos and videos, you know, don't hold it up. Don't hold it up for a lengthy period of time that's going to create a distraction from what's happening on stage. But... If you do want to take a few photos, by all means, go for it. Just be respectful of those around you. Before we wrap things up here on Inside the Archives, let's take a look at what's happening on XRT. We've got several fantastic intimate performances coming up over the next few weeks that you can get in on. On March 13th, you'll be able to watch a live webcast with Lucius on 93XRT.com. They'll be performing at 1.30 p.m. on XRT's Blue Cross Blue Shield performance stage. So if you want to watch that, head on over to 93XRT.com beginning at 1.30 p.m. March 13th. You can also join us at the Cubby Bear on March 16th for an XRT Coors Light free sample concert featuring Company of Thieves. Admission to the show is first come, first serve, but you can get guaranteed entry right now on 93XRT.com. Just head on over to our giveaways page and enter for your chance to get guaranteed entry to see Company of Thieves at the Cubby Bear on March 16th. 
Doors for the show will open at 8.30 p.m. and Company of Thieves will go on at 10 p.m. You must be 21 and older in order to attend. Finally, Brett Denner will be performing a live from Studio X session at a secret Chicago location this Thursday, March 15th. You can enter for your chance to score a pair of tickets right now at 93XRT.com on our giveaways page. That's all we have for today. Thank you so much for listening, and thanks again to Ryan Arnold for stopping by and chatting with us here on Inside the Archives. If you haven't done so, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review on whatever podcasting service you're using, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, or any other network you're listening to consume this podcast. I really appreciate the reviews and the feedback that you've given so far, and have a couple of great episodes lined up in the near future that I know you will be entertained by and that you'll dig as well. So for 93XRT and Inside the Archives... I'm Marty Rosenbaum. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.